episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. We are in the thick of it. Real football happening on Saturday. Preseason football ended up on Sunday. I know I said I was excited about preseason football. Also, today I was incredibly excited for it to be over. Just excited for it to be over. Over. Don't oh, just preseason football in general. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Don't like, care for preseason anymore. The get, we get the rest of this week off, right? And then next week, it's it's go time. Yeah, it, college football ramping up. Yep. Had our, our first game, real game, real weekend. There were other games played. Real game, there was one. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of teams, even like Florida State, playing some scab teams. But we did have Nebraska versus Northwestern which was exciting. We talked about it a little bit on Thursday as well, kind of hoping that Nebraska would come out and just be successful, to do something, to put up some kind of – to make progress. I don't even know what I was really expecting out of them. We didn't get it, though. This is the same old Nebraska. It's the same old Scott Frost. I love Scott Frost. I loved him as a player. I thought he was great at Oregon and and at UCF, and I was glad that he got his opportunity to come back home to Nebraska – He's already on the hot seat. And my hot take with him, I don't even think it's hot. He won't finish the season as the Nebraska head coach. If they do let him finish the year as the head coach, I will be very surprised. It will be them doing him a favor. They, they're up 11 in this game. They go for an onside kick to kind of put it away, nail in the coffin stuff. Northwestern mm-hmm. comes back. I don't fault him so much for the onside kick stuff. But regardless, you let Northwestern come back in this game. You lose another one-score game. It's, just, it's a tough look for Nebraska. And it definitely is. And it, what stinks, too, is the fact that they were riding so hot, like, going into halftime. And I know they were kind of like – they were losing, and then you come out in the third quarter, and it's like, boom, you immediately – you know, you're up there as well. And it's like, okay, hey, like, we're fine. We got the W. Like, we're, like we figured it out. It was kind of a rough start here going to halftime losing. Now we got to figure it out in the third. Let's go into the fourth. Boom, you find a way to lose the ball game. I just if you're a Nebraska fan, it's like how many more times can we deal with this? Because you, you see the stats out there, it. it's just like okay, here, you know, we like we lose another game. I saw a stat somewhere it was like out of their last however many losses, the point differential has been two, mm-hmm. and it's like it's just one heartbreak loss after another. And if you're Scott Frost, it's like at some point you have to you just got to be kind of crazy and psycho and look yourself in the mirror and be like, what am I doing wrong? Unfortunately, it seems like it's quite a bit. Yeah, and I just they don't have the players. And I think that's one thing with Nebraska. They just they, they're not recruiting on the level with these other Big Ten schools. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't want to go like full Colin Cowherd and be like, oh, people don't want to play there. It's Nebraska. I just I don't know how many young kids anymore like view Nebraska the way that I do. Like I think the way that I view them versus the way you view them is even differently. And mm-hmm. then, you know, going to the younger generation of kids that are in high school, it's like they haven't been good in over 20 years. How do you view Nebraska, I guess, then? They're like a blue blood to me. Never want to see them be good. Yeah. So, yeah. like, growing up, they were the program. They yeah, were, I've, they never, were I've never had a favorite. I've never had a team or a team that I was rooting for in a season go play Nebraska and be scared of Nebraska. I've never looked at the Cornhuskers. I'm like, 
you better look out. They might do something. I feel like I watched the last eight years of them with a, Mart- with a quarterback at the name Martinez who can't take care of the football. Mm. Yeah, that's why, like, recruiting is just – it's been tough. And Scott Frost hasn't really been able to do it. Even, you know, a lot of people – you mentioned uh, Casey Thompson the other day. <laughs> I liked him in Texas, but <laughs> it ain't working out for him. He throws two interceptions. They bring in the other quarterback for a little bit. I, it's going to be a rough year, I think. For Nebraska. And Northwest is a program that won like three games last year. Yeah. So I, I do think that it's going to be tough. To try it on a positive note, hopefully this is, you know, hopefully this is just a rough start to the year. You deal with a heartbreak loss. You go in next week here. You get it figured out. You head into your next matchup. All right, we got to figure it out. That's it. One tough loss. Nebraska's back. Mr. Positivity. Just trying to throw a little <laughs> bit out there. Do I really believe it? No. But there's just a possibility. Yeah, I I think that if you're a Nebraska fan, uh, you play North Dakota next week. <laughs> you might need to be worried about North Dakota. <laughs> it's just it's already losing a conference game is going to be tough. I just don't know if they're. I don't know if you can if you can turn the season around so early. I just don't. Th- they can. I don't think that they will. Well, I mean, you play North Dakota next week, like you said, and then after that, you play Georgia Southern. Those should be two automatic W's. And then you get Oklahoma at home. That should be a great atmosphere. If you come out with a win against Oklahoma, it doesn't matter what their head coach is like. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. You beat Oklahoma. That's going to mean something for Nebraska and Scott Frost and those players. Like, okay, hey, one tough loss start the year in Dublin and Ireland. We're not even home. And then we get three straight games at home. Let's win those. Everyone's talking positive. You go play Indiana. You annihilate them. You go to Rutgers. You smack them around. You play Purdue. That's going to be a fun matchup, depending on how Nebraska is at this point. And if it's going like I'm saying, it might be a Big Ten matchup of the week. Yeah, it won't, though. It definitely won't be. Not in the middle of October. <laughs> no, it's and it does. It sucks. Like I said, I, I kind of rooted for Nebraska. I didn't kind of. I did when I was a kid with Tommy Frazier. And then to Scott Frost and Eric Crouch, I loved watching them play. I feel like they were always on TV. It's just been it, – that's 25 years ago that they were good. Yeah. These kids just don't even know about Nebraska being good anymore. And so it's going to be a tough turnaround. Tennessee's the same way. They might turn things around a little bit this year. Josh Heupel, pretty good coach. But there are a lot of blue blood programs that just aren't up there anymore. I guess who are these other blue blood programs? Because I'm just like – even Tennessee, I've never known Tennessee to be good. Yeah, a lot of them have kind of stuck around and stayed a little bit relevant, but I think those are the two that have really dropped off. Texas, yeah, referred to as a blue blood program. When was the last time they were good? It's two thousand eight. Yeah, it was last, that was fourteen years ago. Yep. So I mean, even right there, uh, Texas A and M is another one that they they've been pretty good under Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, depending on who you ask, they might be in the college football playoff, <laughs> along with Baylor and Michigan. <laughs> Right. And yeah. who was the other one? I don't remember. I think it was another school. I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. I I used to live by college game day every Saturday. It's like, it's crazy how they were discussed as, especially when I moved down here, like listening to you guys talk about it. And it was kind of one of those deals where I heard you guys talk about it. And it's like, you feel like you hear your close friends talk about something. And all of a sudden it's the only thing you see or hear about nationally, right? It's like, that's where your attention is. Like, oh, I've never seen 
a blue Honda Civic before. You might drive around this week and be like, I've seen six blue Honda Civics, never noticed them before. My point with this is the fact that like I never really paid attention to college game day. I'll just be honest. Saturday mornings, sleeping in, not really watching out. I'll catch my team's game later on when they play. They're probably going to lose. At that point, being a Texas fan, it is what it is. So I just wasn't paying attention to it. But to hear just like where they were at and how people respected them, to now turn it on and watch it, and then you get on Twitter and you just see the live reactions of everything and everybody with their takes, how Lee Corso's doing, like Kirk Herbstreit is just now doing. Congratulations. I I almost felt like I messed it up, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's like, you know, going to do stuff with Amazon. It's just, it doesn't feel like their attention's all there and that the product is, is not as good anymore. I just, I don't know. It's just. It's not as good anymore. I don't. I don't think it's a, like their attention is elsewhere thing. Because Herbie's still really good, and all the other guys are still focused on it. I, it might just be Lee Corso. They're, they're keeping him around, and, and it's just not working. You should have done it two years ago. You should have just done a farewell tour and be like, "This is it." Yep. In twenty twenty, yeah, like maybe tried the remote thing, and then no, that didn't really work. Hey, why don't Sorry, you go ahead yeah. and retire? Or who signed that contract to keep him around <laughs> this long? Yeah, like he, just, he does not seem like he's doing well. He can't get out a complete sentence or thought. It seems like, mm-hmm. like you can tell it, it's churning. The motor's there. It's just not coming out smoothly. You're just sputtering along. Yeah, it's it, rough uh, to watch. It's sad to watch, honestly. Desmond Howard's college football playoff. So yes. they, they did this on Saturday. I actually, I turned on college game day. I woke up at like seven thirty. I was excited. At eight o'clock, I turned on ESPN thinking college game day would be on. It did not start until 9. So I was already like, why aren't we starting this at yeah. your usual time? And I turn it on at 9 o'clock and then see that like they're not even on location. Like I get it, like going over to Ireland, maybe not the most cost-effective thing to do. But I, I did feel like that it was a not-great show. And then I watched for about 10 minutes and thought, I'm good. Actually, yeah. I, I, I don't need to see. Them. And then them all being at their own places, at their own houses and stuff. Uh, it felt rough. Like mm-hmm. They were talking over each other. I, I love college game day. I'll give it another chance next week when there's real football on. But it was tough. Desmond Howard, his official picks, though, for college, the college football playoff were Baylor, Michigan, Texas A&M, and Pittsburgh. Why Pittsburgh? He realizes Kenny Pickett's gone, right? Like, who's their next quarterback in line that he's super excited about? Keaton Slovis from USC. I guess I didn't know that. So he might end up being pretty good. I still – I think Pittsburgh might be the fourth best team in the ACC. (laughs) And that's the ACC. It's not like the SEC or Big Ten. you got Clemson, Florida State. No. Clemson, Wake Forest, and North Carolina State. Okay. I think are going to be pretty good teams this year. If Wake Forest's quarterback comes back. Yeah. They got a little bit of an injury, but I, I think they could be good. And, and that's – Miami could probably still be better. Boston College might be better mm-hmm. than Pitt. Uh, so I <laughs> I question those. But who knows? You know, no, everybody knows. Like Alabama's going to be in. <laughs> yeah, and so I feel even like – Even if Texas A&M beats Alabama, I don't know. Maybe I, I should have the context. Maybe I should have watched the clip or something. But like Alabama or Georgia will be in the college football playoff. Yeah, without a doubt. And like even with with Baylor, it's just kind of like, really, like over Ohio State. Mm-hmm. 
even then it's like I don't think so. I feel like Alabama and Ohio State are just automatic locks. You just just put them in the playoff. Let's find two other teams at this yeah. point. The Michigan one I don't hate on too much. Like maybe they'll beat Ohio State again. It could happen. I don't think so. I'm not believing it this year. Last year, all about it. This year, mm -mm. Alabama and Ohio State just seemed too set. They returned so many good players. Yeah. I I think that they're definitely going to be good and probably both win their conference. And even if they don't win their conference, I think they're going to be so good that they're going to be right there in it. And and that's another thing, uh, winning these conferences, picking our winners today. Now, let's do start with the Big Ten. We're both very high on Ohio State. And we both agree. I think Ohio State wins this conference, and I don't think that it is going to be close. I think Michigan, that you should enjoy your year that you had last year. Mm-hmm. Ohio State is going to be the top dog this year. And I, I think that C.J. Stroud is going to have a great season. I don't think he's going to have those growing pains that he kind of did last year as a freshman. And I think they've kind of figured out what they want to do. But, you know, even not to get too far ahead of ourselves here, they do play Notre Dame on Saturday. Like it, week zero, it sucked. We didn't have any yep. good games. Week one, it's going to be very good. Ohio State and Notre Dame play at six thirty on ABC. That's going to be a really good one. But the Big Ten championship game, I, I do think that it will be Ohio State. I just don't see anybody that can contend with them. And I mean, I completely agree with you right there with with Ohio State in the Big Ten. My question though, with Notre Dame, wasn't it Oregon? That was it. Week one that they played. Was that the week one matchup? I know we're going to end up beating two. them, but it, okay, pretty much right there at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. But it was the fact that like we saw that game, and then you look at C.J. Stroud's numbers, and you're like, this guy still put up like over 400 passing yards, and they lost this game. It was just a couple mm-hmm. key interceptions there at the end that really just lost the game for the Buckeyes. But you go into this year, and like you said, there's not going to be any growing pains. You're pissed off that you lost to Michigan for the first time since who knows how long. And there's a lot of redemption there. they got a good running back that you've talked about. The receivers are good. The defense was young last year. You look at Ohio State, and it's like there's really not any more question marks like there was last year. Like you said, all these guys are coming back into year two. Boom, this is the year that you make it happen. It's like when we talk about it in the NFL, it's a second-year bump, right? Second-year bump for all these players, too. We had it figured out last year right there towards the end. It didn't work out for us. We're ready now. Yeah, and with Michigan, uh, we'll see how they do. I'm not a big believer in Penn State this year. Wisconsin, I, I love the Badgers. I think that they get a little bit overrated every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, put them up there like with Texas. Texas gets overrated. Texas A&M gets a little overrated. I think Wisconsin does too. They're ranked like 18. They're probably going to win nine games. And who? Kn- I don't think they have a quarterback. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens with them. Uh, maybe there's somebody that I'm missing in the Big Ten, but I don't. I don't think that there is. Not that it can compete with Ohio yeah. State. No. Not it, that anything comes to mind, though. No. Moving to the SEC, I think that's another really easy one. I do think the SEC is going to be very good once again. That's a very bold, hot take for you. Uh, but I do have Alabama winning this thing. Now, we say that, but it's like well, Georgia won the national championship last year. Texas A&M had number one recruiting class. I know we're not going to really see those guys at all. Then, you know, like you mentioned just a little bit ago, Tennessee, possibility maybe they have some success this year. I'm not saying a lot, but just a little bit. Do you think there's any other schools? And then let's not forget Brian Kelly being at LSU as well. Is there a possibility that some of these other schools are maybe catching up to Alabama? I picked Alabama to win the SEC as well, but it's just I want to ask a question to you as well. Do you think there's other schools in the SEC could possibly catch up to Alabama in any shape or form this year? Or is Alabama, like I mentioned with Ohio State, in redemption mode of we lost the national championship last year? I think it's Alabama and then the rest of the conference. Yep. Georgia loses a lot. They've got some good players coming back. Uh, Stetson Bennett, I don't know if you put any stock to him returning at quarterback, 
I, mean, I, mean, I don't. But <laughs> look at all the players that they lost on that defense. I think their defense is still going to be very good, but I, I do think that there's a gap between what Alabama has coming back and what Georgia has coming back, and you're trying to break in some of those new players. Hell, they lost almost their entire defensive line. Their defense is still going to be good, so I don't want quoted on that one and being like, "Oh, he said their defense sucks." They just lost so many good players and so many like receivers that I wouldn't be surprised if they just load up at tight end. They have three NFL tight ends. They might find a way to get all three of them on the field at the same time. But, you know, they lost some running backs too. Zamir White in the NFL now, yeah. James Cook in the NFL, and offensive linemen too. I think they'll replace very well, but I am worried about what they lost. Yeah. And if they had like a good playmaker coming back at quarterback, I might feel a little bit more confident in Georgia. But it's Stetson Bennett as your quarterback. <laughs> I just don't. Honestly, I think that's the hang up for me. That's like, the, I can't believe in Stetson Bennett. Like, I just, I can't believe you didn't try and go get somebody in the transfer portal. Like, you just, yeah. you're just going to roll out with him again? Now, if it works out, I mean, if you're Stetson Bennett, don't do what Jake Fromm did. Stay as long as you possibly can. I do think this is, I think he's a Yeah, this is last year. So this is it. But, like, just die a legend, man. That's, like, who cares how this year is? You're already a legend. You won a national championship with Georgia. You're never buying a drink or food there again. You're no, not going to go to the, the NFL. Right You're going to be a great insurance salesman right there in Athens, Georgia. Yeah, or a realtor, something. He's, yeah. he's going to do well for himself. <laughs> There's his face right there. Boom. Yeah, in Athens or, you know, even dip over into Atlanta. He, he's going to be good. But you <laughs> yeah. know, there, And there are some other teams in the SEC that, you know, Texas A&M, a lot of people are very high on them. Um Maybe I'm just biased because I do not like them, but I don't think that they will be that good this year. Haynes King is their quarterback. He was a guy who was supposed to be the starter last year, then got injured. So I I guess maybe you feel a little bit confident in that. But they lost a lot of guys, too. Spiller, Neal, Green. They lost a lot of guys to the NFL. So I'm not super confident with what Texas A&M comes back with, but... You know, they're ranked in the top 10 of the AP and the coaches poll. So there are a lot of people that are feeling pretty confident in them. I'm not one of them. I, I don't feel like I ass kicked by Alabama. Yeah. And I mean, they beat Alabama last year. So maybe that's it too. You know, it's just the fact of like, well, you know, like they just, you know, they at least put it together one week. And then other than that, they were, they were still up at the top. It is what it is, but it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm looking at the point of view. It was like when those guys that you mentioned that made it to the NFL is like, okay, you know, they're starting to, they started up high in terms of prospect list. And then as the season went on, they just kind of kept dropping. And then we got to the pro days. And I was like, these are freaking awful numbers. Like they're testing very poor. Yeah. These guys are, are almost just screwing them over. It feels like it's just, it's not good. And so I don't know if that's leading into this as well for Baylor in my mind, but at the same time, it's just kind of how it's playing out right now. Yeah, last year Texas A&M finished uh, eight and four, once again for the Aggies. And you know, with the other teams in the SEC, uh, I know you're high on Ole Miss. I I do kind of like what they're bringing back and and adding Jackson Dart to that offense. I think he can be pretty good. Uh, Arkansas, a team that is surprisingly close to us, about an hour and a half away. I think they can have another really good season. They bring back some really good players. Uh, their quarterback KJ Jefferson. I think if he's healthy all year. He's going to be a good player in the SEC. He got hurt last year, had a little bit of a knee issue, but I do think that if he comes back healthy, he's going to be a really good player for Arkansas. Kentucky is another one of those schools. They have Will Levis at quarterback. I feel like he can be very good. Uh, They've changed up their offensive coordinator. I wouldn't be surprised if they had 
a big season. If if they kind of came out and surprised people, Stoops has always had a good defense there. They might be able to do some things on offense now. So you have Kentucky, you have Ole Miss. Uh, you, you've got some pretty like second-tier talent in the SEC that I think could be really good this year. And then, of course, you know, your top dogs in Georgia and Alabama uh, as well. We both have Alabama winning the SEC. I do think that Georgia probably can still find a way into the college football playoff, but that conference is just going to be very deep. Yeah, there were years ago I was kind of one of those haters of like, oh, the SEC just gets overrated. But I, I, I think they're actually just pretty damn good. And right now they're they're kind of separating themselves. Like I know that in like in the in the, the shake up, the college football mix up of new conference realignment, I do feel like the Big Ten and the SEC are separating themselves from, you know, the ACC and the Big Twelve and a lot of these other conferences. And that's not just because Texas is joining them. It's just these other teams are getting mm-hmm. to where they're very good. And I'm glad you brought up Arkansas because, I mean, they won every divisional game or rival game that they had last year. Like, Arkansas has got something brewing down there. Hopefully they can continue to get success. But like you mentioned, it's just SEC, it's tough. You know, it just it is what it is. But at the same time, it's nice to see schools that are close to us kind of heading in the right direction. But staying, you know, in kind of the local area to us here, Big 12. This is kind of the Big 12 area. We've lost some schools within that. But who do you have winning the Big 12 this year? I'm going with Oklahoma State. I think the Big 12 is very down this year. <laughs> and it, that includes Texas and Oklahoma. I'm just not buying into either one of those programs this year. I, I think that they have a lot of question marks. OU bringing in a new coach. I mean, they you talk about teams that lost a lot. You lost your starting quarterback. You lost some receivers. You lost mm-hmm. your coach. They lost a lot of players. Baylor, I think, could be good. But I have Oklahoma State winning it. Spencer Sanders coming back for another year. That Oklahoma State defense was special last year. They did lose their defensive coordinator. But they returned a lot of guys from that defense. So I still think that Oklahoma State can win the conference. But I don't think that they're like a good team. Yeah. like They almost snuck into the college football playoff last year, battling it out with Baylor. I don't think that they're a team that is going to deserve that spot. But I think they're going to win the Big 12 Probably with two or three losses. So I've actually, I feel like it's almost a homer pick, but at the same time, I'm rolling with the hype that is around Texas this offseason. And I feel like I've played a big part in it of myself in hyping it up. I'm not going to say nationally because I've just <laughs> fallen in with everybody else. But at the same time, it's like I look at Texas and I look at the situation of the Big 12, and it's like if everything goes right for Texas, it could work out beautifully for them. Like if you got Baylor and Oklahoma State, I just for some reason I'm not believing in that at all. And some people are like, why are you not going to believe in them? But you're going to believe in Texas. I really don't fucking know, but I just am because I look at Bijan Robinson and I think I he, think that's called bias. One hundred percent. I just you know, maybe I just need to slap that on there. But I do look at Bijan Robinson and I do think he has a great opportunity for a good run at the Heisman. I think he, if if everything works out for him and Texas. Boom, there he is. Texas gets another Heisman winner. If Quinn Ewers can make plays and be the guy that everyone is is expecting him to live up to, if he can live up to those expectations, that's going to be special. Texas, the offensive line is questionable. The defense is a little bit questionable as well. But at the same time, it's still the Big 12. And if you can just find a way to play complete games of football and hit on the plays that you need to hit on, again, in the Big 12 offensively, good things are going to happen. And I think Texas can do that this year. I think the problem with Texas is the most important position – outside of quarterback is the offensive line group, mm-hmm. and it's just not good yet. Yeah. They've got some really young players. 
Uh, as of right now, I use our lads for depth charts. They've got a true freshman starting at left tackle. That's hopefully good by the time that old man. Yeah, I mean, hopefully there. it's just Texas like, hey, we're playing true freshmen because these guys are just absolute studs. You have a true freshman who's going to be responsible for blocking Will Anderson in two weeks. I hope you're ready, kid, because <laughs> that's a grown-ass man. <laughs> you know, real test. Right? I mean, they, and they have another true freshman starting at right guard even. So, and I don't think these are good recruits, but I don't think this is a statement of like, hey, look at how well we recruited. I think it's a statement of we had some shit here before. Yeah. So we're relying on some of these freshmen to play and play early. You know, the receiver position looked incredibly strong and deep. And then you have some injury. You've got some guys getting kicked off the team. I think Xavier Worthy can still be really good. I like Jordan Whittingham. And, you know, and, and I want to believe in the Quinn Ewers hype. I have heard that it is not looking good. Really? Yeah. And that, that he is not going to live up to the expectations of the recruiting uh, score or whatever, that it is, he's just not played well in practices. Now, sometimes guys are just not practice players. That's what I wanted to ask you. Yep. Sometimes you, it's, you know you got to turn it on once the lights are on, and I, I get that. So hopefully, you know, for us being Texas fans and other Texas fans, he does. I think it is it's good for football when college for college football when Texas is good because they're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And but I, I don't have a lot of expectations for them to win the conference. Now, I'm not, like, disagreeing with you because I think the Big 12 is so down that it is really – it is wide open. That Like, Baylor could sneak in. Not even necessarily sneak in. I think they're picked. Hell, Desmond Howard has them going to the playoff. Um, <laughs> I think they could win the, the conference. OU, I just – they could win the conference because it's so bad, but I don't believe in, in them. And I don't know that they're – there are four schools right there. I don't think there's anybody else contending in the Big 12, at least not in my opinion. Um, let's take it to the Pac-12. Out west, you and I are both high on USC. Mm-hmm. You picked USC to win the Pac-12. I just question the conference as a whole. I don't have questions about USC. I, this is just going to be a situation where I think USC is probably going to be like 8-0. I, don't, I haven't even looked at their schedule. And they're going to shit the bed, and they're going to get run by some team, by Cal or you know, somebody that they should not lose to. And the the Pac-12 will once again find a way to not make it to the college football playoff. I would very much like to see that not happen, but at the same time, it's like we've not yet seen that happen in a very long time. So it just it is what it is within the Pac-12. Like I said, you have Utah being your your winner. I would love to see that again. I have a buddy who's a Utah fan, Mr. Justin Trees. He's going to the Utah-Florida game in Florida. I think that's going to be very exciting. The way he talks about it and like their community of Utah Utes fans is that they're all going to Florida. They're all going to this game. And it's like there's going to be a lot of they people travel well. that are going Utah to be surprised well. at the amount of Utah fans that are in that stadium. And I was like, that's going to be awesome. And they're one of those programs that we talked about, I think it was last week, of like they just don't get the credit or respect that they mm-hmm. deserve. It feels like they're still on the outside looking in. Uh, I pulled up USC's schedule. Uh, week 8, I just – Here's my bold take of the week. I think USC in week seven, their seventh game, I don't know what week it is, beats Utah. And I think that they're undefeated at this point. I think they're a top five ranked team. And then they will probably go into Arizona the following week and get their asses kicked because they're just, (laughs) they're feeling themselves a little bit. 
Lincoln Riley's got his guys, and they're a little too confident, and they overlook a team like Arizona after winning in Utah. I would not be surprised at all if that happens. Or they should at least be undefeated going into the Utah game. I, I do have Utah winning. I think they're a more complete team, but I, I think that USC is going to be one of them. So is this just like a Pac-12 curse, and is there any opportunity that Lincoln Riley can break that, be the old curse breaker of the Pac-12 cannibalism? Excuse me. I really do think that's a, that was a great hire. Yeah. I think they might be even like a year away be, before they're really mm-hmm. pretty good. But I, I think that there are going to be some kind of growing pains this year at USC, you know, trying to break in all these new guys and bring in Caleb Williams, who's thrown to a, a brand-new group of receivers. I think they brought one over from OU. Uh, it's the same offense, but, you know, all the other yeah. guys have to learn a new offense. You have to get that timing right with Jordan Addison. So we'll see what happens with them. I think they can be good, but I want Utah to win it. I'll just say it. I want Utah to win the Pac-12. <laughs> and honestly, I, I hope they make the college football playoff. I think that would be very exciting. Uh, going to the ACC, we kind of talked about them a little bit. Uh, both of us have Clemson winning this. Uh, the depth at Clemson, I think, is just is pretty damn special. Especially when you is. compare it to the other teams in the ACC. So I, I think that they can win it. Even if their quarterback position is not great, I think they can still find a way to do it. I mean, before Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, Clemson was pretty good with not great quarterback play. Yep. So I, I think they can do it again, even if DJ's just mediocre or even if the true freshman comes in and, and starts eventually, which I actually think he will. If DJ doesn't pick it up, I mean, there there are the discussions out there that he's kind of really picked up on the fact and, and gotten more mature in terms of just like studying, getting ready, game planning, everything like that, which is kind of questionable to hear from the year before. But you're, you're a young kid, yeah. you come with a lot when of hype, he, you think you're set. Yeah, and it's he's just a like top recruit, ooh, he's bigger than moment. everybody, stronger than everybody, faster. So mm-hmm. he was able to get by for a very long time, just being the most athletic guy. Yeah, feel. I, I kind of root for him to put it together too. I, I would love that. Big arm. And, very athletic. And kind of like what we talked about with Ohio State there at the beginning of the show in the Big Ten. is like, you know, last year was just kind of a little bit of a down year. You, you get new guys in year two here with Clemson and the guys that you have rolling in as starters, go make something happen. But at the same time here in the ACC, I want to see Miami be good. I would like to see the U return. Do I think it's going to happen year one with Cristobal? Probably not. But at the same time, would it be pretty fucking cool? Yeah. And they, their quarterback, a lot of people very excited about him, Tyler Van Dyke. Maybe they will help uh, Pitt. Maybe they'll, they'll be pretty This good. might sound like a, a naive question. Do they have any other playmakers besides the quarterback? Because I feel like when you talk about Miami, it's, it's the head coach coming in from Oregon. He's coming home, and then the quarterback. I don't hear anything about the defense. I don't hear anything about a running back, receivers, just those two members. I know they have a tight end off the top of my head that's good. and it's. I don't mean to put you in a spot asking so this question. They're, they're going to have some playmakers. They brought in Frank Ladson from Clemson. He was kind of a, he's a guy that's never really lived up to the hype. Honestly, like before pulling up their depth chart, I didn't realize he transferred there. They've got a really good left tackle. Uh, they've got some pretty good running backs that I do think that they have some guys that could emerge. They don't have any like established like, oh shit, here's your playmaker mm-hmm. coming back. But I, they've got some guys that could emerge, especially under the new offense and Mario Cristobal. I I think that he's another that was a good hire, and I think that he can get that program. Going and back as well. Uh, two of the other schools that I did mention, I'm very high on North uh, North Carolina State this year. And if Sam Hartman comes back for Wake Forest, I'm high on them as well. They, somebody's got to come out of that 
division, though, Boston College. My guy, Phil Jerkovich, still hanging was, around. I've not heard a lot of talk about him. I feel like last year, you know, you we were coming in, in hot with him and Carson Strong. It didn't pan out because Phil got injured, but, you know, Carson Strong kind of is what it is. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe Big Phil, Phil can live up to it. Both guys just incredibly injured. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who knows what will happen. Uh, you Papa Phil broke his wrist last year, so I think that really yeah. hurt his stock and his play a lot. I mean, he was playing through like, a broken wrist. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if he can have that bounce back, but uh, the ACC kind of has some depth to it this year. Should be interesting. It's not just all Clemson, even though we did pick both of, both of them, <laughs> pick them to win. Um, some other teams that did get some top twenty-five hype that I think that you should be watching for: uh, Cincinnati. I'm curious to see what they do, how they rebound from losing a, a lot of guys off of a very talented team. But their head coach stayed around. He didn't end up leaving. Uh, to go anywhere else, so we'll see what he's able to do. We'll see how well he's been recruiting to replace a lot of these guys that they lost. It wasn't just Sauce Gardner. They they lost a lot on offense and defense. So they might be a team to watch. We'll see. Um, and also, uh, Houston had a really good year last year. Dana Holgerson, uh, I was surprised to see Houston struggle early on. Mm-hmm. Now I think that they're starting to kind of hit their stride under Holgerson. I think they could be pretty successful this year. And then BYU, another team uh, with an exciting young quarterback that they have, I think they could be another one of those teams on the outside of the you know the group of five teams to watch. To peek ahead like we kind of have been, slated games for Saturday is going to be very good. Ohio State versus Notre Dame, mm-hmm. Oregon versus Georgia, and Utah versus Florida. And Oregon's a school we haven't even talked about at all. You know, I mean, I mentioned the Utah versus Florida game. We talked about Ohio State versus Notre Dame a little bit ago. But, like, Oregon right now, like, you lose your head coach. Are they in a position where it's like we're kind of overlooking them? Like, like oh, because your coach left, we're just calling you dead in the water and you're not? Yeah, it's they're in another situation where it's they've got so much turnover on the roster as well and then ushering in a new coach. I, so I'm not I'm not buying the Oregon program, and I probably have said this before. I don't love head coaches that have never been a head coach before. Yeah. And you're going over and you're taking over a big-time program like Oregon. And Dan Lanning, who is a very good defensive coordinator at Georgia, maybe he's going to bring some of that same intensity and, and hype to the defense there. But Bo Nix is your starting quarterback. I'm not believing in Bo Nix in Oregon <laughs> either. I just, I'm not going to do that one. So, it, but it's going to be a fun, interesting college football season. Obviously, I'm very excited about it, as I'm sure you are too. Also, very excited about the possibility of a new vehicle. Ooh. Go visit Roper Kia. Check out their inventory online if you can. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, they are going to save you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure you visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if it is a matter of when you go visit the website. So be sure to do so at Gunspot.com. All right, let's transition to a little NFL football. Mm. We got a week off, and then we come back on the eighth, ready to rock and roll. Who's the first game? I don't even remember. Oh, I should I know that. Talking. Oh, yep, I was talking last night, um, even about the Chiefs, and they I was like, you know what? I just Buffalo don't Bills know. versus the Rams. I knew that. I just I don't know the NFL schedule yet. I haven't really looked at it yet. 
Bills Rams is a great way to kick off the season. It one hundred percent is. And I just I almost said to myself, like, oh, the Super Bowl matchup last year. That's why we started off the season that way. <laughs> False. That was the Cincinnati Bengals. But so this year starting out, this might be the Super Bowl rematch right here. Yeah, and uh, you know, we haven't addressed the chat. Or matchup, I shouldn't say rematch. Uh, very much today, but I did want to throw this out. Uh, Brooks mentioned all the teams of the group of five that we mentioned are going to the Big 12 soon. I looked at that and I thought it earlier today, but yeah. I didn't mention it. Uh, but that was something that I noticed too, that you know Cincinnati on their way to the Big 12 soon. Houston? I had to BYU. double check as we were talking. I was like, wait, when yep. does Cincinnati make their way over? But yeah. Oh, me, even earlier today, I put Houston in there. I was like, wait, what, what conference are they in? Yep. That, when is that? It a transition period of like, when do they move? When, who are they playing? <laughs> do you know officially? I think they start in 2024. Okay, so we got a couple bit, a couple, a Maybe. couple years. We're, we got a couple bit is what just came out. We got a couple bit, bit till we get to go. Don't worry about it. I, you know, it might be next season though, because they already have their buyout. I don't know. There's too many. I just remember when Cincinnati moving. was like we're in the Big 12, and they immediately had that backdrop change. Like, yep. That was if it was like Cincinnati or the possibility of us going to the Big 12. Yeah, look at us. We got a new backdrop. It's yeah, right there. Print it. Yep. Make the banner. <laughs> we rich now. Uh, we are done with the NFL preseason, which I am excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was excited for week one. I just think that this new playoff format, it's, it's kind of confusing. Like, wh- who's playing when, like, player-wise? Like, yes. What starters are playing? Uh, what do I need to watch for? So it, it's been kind of a weird transition over these I last I kind of wish they would just solidify it around the league instead of, like, team by team. Well, and like it what starters be, are playing, which ones are not? You know, a couple of years ago, since I've been podcasting, it was still like set. First game, you're going to play like a series, maybe two mm-hmm. series. Second game, you're going to play like a quarter. Third game, you're coming out after halftime. Fourth game, won't see you. Yeah. For your starters. Now it's just so all over the place. And I think it was that last year that we still had four preseason games when teams like the Rams just up and decided that we're not playing our starters like, yep. ever. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams kind of caught onto that and they're doing it as well. And then, you know, some teams still rolling out their starters there for a while. So it's, it's just kind of confusing. And then, you know, the roster cut downs, I, I get excited for week one by week two. It just doesn't matter to me anymore. Like I didn't even watch a single second of the chiefs Packers game. Uh, no, I like, I'll be honest. I didn't really like sit down and watch any of the preseason games. I'll wait till the highlights and the clip outs of that. Like I'm, there's not, there's not anything I can get out of watching it aside from just like being a fan of the chiefs. That's like, this guy's going to be a difference maker this season. Yeah. Just getting that opportunity. Aside from Jody Fortson in the game against Washington commanders outside of that. <laughs> pretty sad. You that's are... my fucking dude, man. No, the, every chiefs fan, except for me, <laughs> it was like <laughs> Jody Fortson. <laughs> and the thing, and the reason is, is cause like, out of like the three or four players that I've been trying to hype up, like this could be a possible career year for him within the Chiefs Uh-oh. if it goes well. <laughs> so and that. I'm not saying that about Jody Fortson. Like clearly, like anything that he does this year is going to be a career year for him. I, was gonna say, what I started with year? Sammy Watkins. I start. I went with Demarcus Robinson, and then I went with McCall Hardman last year. Jody Fortson, four times a charm, baby. Yeah. <laughs> or um, I should just a shut up. Career year for Jody Fortson would be six catches. Bingo, bingo. And I just – I say in career year more of just the terms of like, okay, hey, like people know his name. They, their defenses have to game plan against him. You have to respect him in the red zone. That, for me, with Jody Fortson and the Chiefs, it's like just have another weapon or playmaker on that team that Mahomes can get the ball to. That's what I'm looking for. I have zero expectations for Jody Fortson. 
can I say everything that I just said, but also agree with you? Like, is that a fair thing to do? Like, I'm, think so. <laughs> like I'm rooting for it, but at the same time, it's not like I'm coming into every single week, like, get Jody the ball, like, let him do something. Like, he's the best, you know what I mean? He's like the under, like, he's just not getting appreciated. It's just like, just get it to a point where it's like, okay, yep, when this guy's on the field, you have to pay attention to him. But outside of that, if it doesn't happen, it's like someone else is going to, and that's fine. I think he makes the roster because there's a lot of upside there. But, like, that's kind of how I feel about Jody Fortson. I think he's still a guy that is, like, trying to make the roster. Yeah. And, the, like, the receivers are deep. Uh, I know he's listed as a tight end this year. He's not going to block. I think he got lucky that Bushman got hurt in that game. I don't know yeah. exactly what happened, but I mean, you're probably rolling in with the four of Blake well, Bell, say, Jody Schwartz, and Noah Gray. For, yep, you're carrying four tight ends. Noah Gray, he's been a, a little bit of a letdown. I guess last year, rookie season, mm-hmm. a little bit of a letdown. I, I really thought that he would come on the scene a little bit stronger. Um, he'll make the roster. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the Bills, though. They do start the season against the Los Angeles Rams, but they're in the news for another reason. Uh, they had to cut their punter which usually isn't news at all. Mm-hmm. However, their punter is accused of gang-raping a 17-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know why there was any discussion about keeping him or not. I don't know why he was even possibly drafted. Like I, I, I don't think they knew about this at the time he was drafted. There is one thing that I that kind of upsets me in the fact that the girl reported this about the player and like nothing's being said or done or handled until like right now. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not pointing fingers at her. I'm not pointing any fingers at lawyers. And it's just like, if it happened last year and it was immediately reported to the police to her friends, she went. She took all the necessary steps that she needed to take. Why is this the first time we're hearing about this punter in this situation and the accusation after he's drafted, heading into an NFL season? Why was he not just taken care of in college last year? Like, how did it get this far down right. the line? Is my question. It, that's that's one of the really shitty things about college football. Is that there are so many times where stuff like this goes unreported, not unreported, unpunished. Like it will get reported. You know, we've seen it at you know, schools like Penn State and Baylor and other programs too of like, oh, the head coach knew what was going on, but, you know, he and the athletic director were working together and they decided not to do anything with it and, you know, said that they would just take care of things in house. And, you know, hopefully this does get taken care of. And I think a lot of people have even come out and been like, oh, why are you suing him in a civil case? You're just doing this as a money grab. I'll tell you, if this happened to me, I would rather be paid for this than have, like, somebody go to jail for it. That does me no good. So, like, a lot of people are like, oh, you're just, you know, trying to get the money. Well, I would do the same thing. Yeah. I'd rather hit you there instead of, like, oh, okay, he's going to go to jail for a couple years. And then just be out scot-free? Like, no, I, I want some money off of this. Yep. You have an NFL signing bonus. I want it. Hey, so I don't fault this girl at all. She's 17 years old. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely just ridiculous. It's also the fact that she was even at a party and told him that, like, yeah, I'm a senior in high school. And he's just like, mm-hmm. all right, cool, come with me. Here's a drink. Yep. And then it, spikes the drink. Like The details of the story is pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. I don't then, know if I, you've read them. I just I saw a little I've blurb. seen like some tweets about it. I haven't read any yeah. stories I, or articles I, about it. I think someone sent her. I, I just came Honestly, across it. Honestly, it's just so like, frustrating that after the Deshaun Watson stuff, for the, another situation like this to happen again, it's, yeah. it's aggravating. Yeah. Especially as a guy with two daughters. Like this, 
And I think the Bills probably did an okay job of how they handled this. Again, I haven't really read into a lot of it, but um, hearing about it, coming out and saying, like, well, he's not going to play for us on Friday. We're going to try to get to the bottom of what happened, and then uh, yesterday came out and they cut him. Yep. And, so I, and, and Brandon Bean, I, are, are you agreeing with the way they handled it or no? I think so. Okay, because I, I was going to say, like. a situation of, like, they knew what was going on, and they're like, hey, let's see if this kind of blows over. It was a, hey, you're accused of this. We're just removing ourselves from this situation. Yep. We're not, we're not going to do this. We're not the yep. Houston Texans. We're not the Cleveland Browns. And then, like, for Brandon Bean to come out, like, and just be like, this is bigger than football. Like, and I really I respect the hell out of that. The Buffalo Bills, like, that yeah. organization, their front office, their head coach, I, I think that they're a very well run organization and respectable people. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that they probably did the best that they could. On that situation, um, another one that has been very popular for us here, Seattle officially names Geno Smith the starting quarterback over Drew Locke. Drew Locke got his opportunity to play, and he just honestly really didn't do anything with it. We were talking about it on Thursday of he's playing against some scabs. He's got to come out and put up big numbers, and he didn't. He, you know, about 50% completion, throws for 170 yards and one touchdown. Uh I'm officially done with the Drew Locke experience. Yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna have to join you. Like there was, he threw two interceptions. One is uh, like very concerning and questionable. Like, why the fuck did you even make that throw? And the other one went off his receiver's hands, but it was still not a good throw. And it was the fact mm-hmm. that the receiver tried to like cradle catch it across the middle of the field. I was like, I don't know why you're doing that. That's not good. But it's just like when you watch Drew Locke play, it's just like you. He didn't look comfortable. He didn't look ready. He just was not making the the right reads. Like that's it, dude. You're done. Yeah. That is, it's not a good look. You can't beat out Teddy Bridgewater. I tried to help you out and blame it on your head coach last year. Like, man, you're just trying to save his job, trying to save his ass. Just play a quarterback that's just not going to be crazy or try and make any, you know, nut job plays and just let the defense do its job and then get you the ball and then you just run the clock off and then find ways to score and hopefully win. Wasn't the winning recipe for Denver last year. They might have it this year with Russell Wilson. But when you're Drew Locke and then you come to Seattle where they primarily want to run the ball and it puts you in a good situation to make plays or take those deep shots like you want to that we saw Russell Wilson be successful with and you still can't do in any way, shape, or form. And I think for like Pete and the Seahawks, I, I do believe that they wanted to start Drew Locke. Yeah. I think they got a look at him and like, oh, shit. Yep. We are going to actually have to play Geno Smith. Like he has – uh, won the job. Like he, he did everything he was supposed to. And he Fuck. came out the better quarterback. I, I truly believe that when Seattle traded Russell Wilson, it was like, okay, let's promising young quarterback. He'll start for us this year. We'll see what he can do. If he's not good, we'll draft another one. Uh, you've got to move the Seattle Seahawks up your draft board, though. I'll tell you that because I think anybody that, you know, us, both of us included, maybe a little more you than me, uh, thought there was something there with Drew Locke, but there's just not now. And with Geno Smith, you're just you're not gonna win games with Geno Smith at your quarterback. You're definitely not. In the you know, the first pick in the twenty twenty three NFL draft. See how Seahawks are on the clock. It it might be like I don't know who is, is going to be worse than them. Like just immediately looking at a team mm-hmm. right now. Like you think the Bears aren't gonna be good, Jacksonville might not be good, the Detroit right. Lions might not be good. They're still in a better situation than the Seattle Seahawks right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There, even the Lions, like, I think they're going to be pretty bad, but mm-hmm. I think that they're going to be better than Seattle. And at they least lost the preseason. Yeah, and they lost the preseason game against Pittsburgh, but it's all right. Pittsburgh played all three quarterbacks today, by the way. Mitchell Did Trubisky, really? nice. Didn't look bad. That's, a couple uh, nice throws. City of Kenny Pickett. They're one of those last teams where it's like, hey, who's who's your starting quarterback? <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. I think it is Mitchell. Hand. I think it's old Mitchell Trubisky. It, it might be. It, it kind of felt that way. Uh, man, I'm looking at the rest of the rosters, just trying to think of like who might actually be worse than the Seahawks. I think the Falcons might be worse than the Seahawks. Yeah, but I feel like with Mariota, he's going to make at least something happen. I mean, you're playing Carolina, you're probably going to find a way to win maybe one of those games. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Seattle is worse than them, but it, it, like a lot of, I was trying to think of like some mock drafts that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, who do teams, ha- who do people have drafting first? A lot of people have the Jets drafting first. I don't think the Jets will be that bad. Uh-huh. I don't think they'll be drafting first. If they are, they just should sprint to the podium. Like Giant Will Anderson. As soon as if you're the Jets <laughs> and you get the first pick, just write his name on a card and be like, "Hey, it's January. We don't care. We're here's our draft pick. Started to. <laughs> We're not trading it. We're not listening." That's bingo, bingo. We have our edge rusher. Thank God. Yeah, but I, I do think you're right. Seattle might be the team that is drafting. Number one overall. And uh, another quarterback battle that we were kind of watching, which wasn't much of a battle anymore, was the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold goes down with an injury, though. He's going to miss at least four weeks with a high ankle sprain. They had already named Baker Mayfield the starter. But I I do think that that was a situation where a lot of people were thinking, is there a market for Sam Darnold to get traded? Absolutely not anymore. Yeah. And as I was going to say, if you're Sam Donald, do you even want to be there? I mean, yeah, it's a high ankle sprain. You know, you give it about six weeks, he'll be good to go. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> if you're Seattle, you're like, hey, uh, is he available? Got a guy by the name of Drew Block. We'll just send yeah. him your way. I think now Seattle's probably just come to terms with the fact that I don't think that they went into the season with the view of, hey, we're going to tank. I think that they should probably become friendly. Those <laughs> now we're tanking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're, we're going to. You know, quote unquote, play some young guys. Yeah, yeah. Or just, <laughs> I don't know. The whole Geno Smith thing. Still, like at this rate, you might as well just let Drew Lock go out there and be very bad. Yeah, I mean, it's like you look at Geno. It's like, hey, man, I know we could probably say the same thing about Drew. Like, but like, we know who you are. We know what like what you can do. Like, just- I, and I think this might be a thing in Seattle to where it's like Geno Smith was so significantly better that you can't even be like. Oh, we're going to play the young guy. That is sad, dude. Because a lot of reports out of camp, too, is just that Geno Smith looked remarkably better than Drew Locke. And good and for then, him, honestly. <laughs> and he gets, yeah, another opportunity here in the league. So is I, it year 12 or, or year 11 for him? Yeah, something oh. around there. So I, good for him to get another chance in the NFL, I guess. But, yeah, if the Seahawks just got to embrace tanking yep. and, and see what happens. Going back to Carolina with that quarterback battle that Baker Mayfield's currently won, I find myself rooting, or I shouldn't even, rooting and liking the fact that Baker's in Carolina. He looks like I, good in that uniform. I, that's what I was going to say. It's like that number six in that Carolina uniform mm-hmm. looks solid. Yeah, he's obviously I, not his biggest fan. Yeah. But he he does a pretty good job of looking good in his uniform. Are we close to like letting like bygones be bygones? Uh, until he does anything successful and runs his mouth. Like I like this quiet, humble version of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, like but this is a, this is the version I want to root for. I will say if he is if he goes out and he's not good this year, I'm not gonna like pile on. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna be like, oh look, Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions today. Like, yeah, you suck. Um, he's in the NFL, so he's obviously pretty good. But if if he stays humble, I could find myself rooting for him. Okay. Yeah, those are words that I mean. Three years ago, I'm, I just I'm proud of you. Said, I'm done. I'm done. I, yeah. uh, I, I'm kind of here for the redemption story. Yep. But you know, my whole thing with him has always been like, 
Get him with a chip on his shoulder. He he's probably gonna be pretty good. This he's year. got a big old chip on his shoulder, man. Like it is there and surgically repaired shoulder. So I he's probably gonna be pretty good. Uh, this Brian Robinson Jr. story, uh, honestly, I I just missed it. We are we're moving offices still, mm-hmm. and I was trying to get some stuff loaded up in my truck when this news broke. Apparently, uh, but Brian Robinson Jr. who when I was at the Commanders game with, against the Chiefs, he was the starting running back. I feel like he was going to be, he was said to be the starting running back in Washington this year. Was shot multiple times in a carjacking attempt. Uh, he is in stable condition, but this is absolutely terrible news. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's happened in, what? yeah, shot in D.C. Holy cow. Yeah, that's just, I mean, that's tough. You hope that he's okay, obviously. Uh, the football career kind of goes on the back burner, but I yeah. mean, Hell, I, I think even if you ask him about that, like that would probably be, now that he's in stable condition, probably, you know, his next question is, hey, when I when can I go? When I can be ready again? Yeah, because he was looking really good in the preseason, and I I do think that he was going to end up being the guy that got a lot of those carries. You know, and uh, Antonio Gibson, I think that's another experiment that is just kind of done for. Yeah, it kind of feels a lot last really year. Worked out. I know that even when he was a, a rookie, a lot of people were drafting him super high in, in fantasy football thinking, okay, this is going to be a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield and be pretty good for us. But I just, it never really took off for him. I mean, I, I feel bad for Brian Robinson. Like, dude, third-round pick out of Alabama, like you said, probably getting ready to get that starting position there. Was a key part of Alabama's success last year in running the football, and it's just like, oh, my God. And he's, a, he's another one of those guys that's almost kind of a throwback running back. Mm-hmm. Just like low center of gravity, a lot of good power, but you know, shot in. Hey, I hope he makes it through, man. It's good to hear that he's in stable condition. Of course, you know we don't have a lot of details right now on the situation outside of just what's being posted on Twitter and quick mm-hmm. recaps from local you know, news outlets. But I was talking with some of our buddies last night too. It's wild to me that you still have people committing crimes and not being caught. Like, yes, I think about that all the time. I watched a, a new. Sp- you go ahead, do your thing. This is a super local thing that only you will understand but our local police force go look them up on facebook the joplin police department i almost daily they will post pictures and be like can you help us identify this person i i think that it's probably i hope that there are other police forces out there that are doing the same thing it's gotten to the point now in joplin where it's almost like a joke to where if you read the comments it'll be like yeah, I'm tired of having to do your job for you. Like, why can't you identify these people? It's kind of crazy, though, that there are still crimes being committed and you're just not found. Like, you can track yeah. credit cards. You can track locations, cell phones. Everybody has a camera. And for some reason, like, banks still have the worst cameras. And, like, dude, seriously, I feel like if you put me in the 1800s, I know I've seen people tweet this, but, like, it's so true. You put me in the 1800s, I'm going to eat in crime. Like, I would just, I would be able to steal so much shit. Yeah. Like, right now, no, there's no way, because I feel like there are cameras. I've also learned, though, and I'm not trying to, like, promote any criminal activity whatsoever. <laughs> but here goes nothing. <laughs> I've learned growing up that a lot of those, like, big camera bulbs that are in stores, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, like a Walmart. There's no cameras in them. There's just, like, we just think, we want you to think that you're being watched the whole time, but there's yep. nothing there. Mm-hmm. Or that there's this room of, like, security people watching all the cameras in Walmart. Or if you walk through Walmart, they have people that are security members just walking around in normal clothes, just keeping an eye on people and make sure they're not shoplifting or anything. Mm-hmm. I it's mean, how like, successful is that? Yeah, even, again, back to the 
Joplin Police Department, too. There's a, a picture that they posted over the weekend. It was like, hey, can you help us identify these guys like, at a golf course? And, like, they're wanted for something. It's like, those were clear pictures taken with, like, an iPhone, and you still can't <laughs> do it? Like, yeah, don't commit crimes, but, I mean, how are we still doing yeah, and where I was going when you mentioned, first mentioned, I was like, I watched a spy movie today called The Gray Man on Netflix with Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, uh, Aunt, uh, Anna Darmus. Holy smokes, by the way. Fantastic <laughs> movie. I can't wait for the Marilyn Monroe movie to come out. Why? She plays Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> You've not seen clips or anything? Nope, nope. I don't care what happens in that movie. I'm going to watch it probably multiple times. I think she is one of the hottest girls walking this earth. Yeah. She's 34 years old. She, she's 34? I gotta get my shit together. I'm 34. <laughs> I thought she was like 25. Her and Sydney Sweeney are killing it right now. And Blake Lively. Top three most beautiful women in the world right now. Yeah. Sydney, Sydney Sweeney's up there. Is she, is she in other things besides Euphoria? Uh. The, she has another TV show. I think she's won, she won several awards for the last two shows that she's done. So she's now becoming a, a well-recognized and mm -hmm. uh, honored actress, more so than just... I thought she... I watched Euphoria. I, I kind of shit on it after the first episode. I've not watched I, it at all. Is it I good? ended up finishing it. It's... I hope that it's incredibly inaccurate for, like, these high school kids that are getting into all this drama and stuff. But it is entertaining, and it'll keep your attention. And she is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And there's a lot of nudity. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, I've definitely heard that about the show. I, I just, I've not been able to wrap my head around the fact of like, I'm watching a show about the possibility of what high schoolers are doing. Yeah. Cause it's like, I look the, the, from what I've heard with that show into like my life in high school, I was raised underneath the fucking rock boys. Yeah. But tell me about it. Yeah. Like back in my day. And you were the wild child. Like smoking weed in high school wasn't something we did. No, it, there were two kids in my school that smoked weed, and they came into class every day higher than a kite and were the most non-productive people I've ever known in my life. Yeah, and so for me, it was, like, it was like drugs, they're bad. You get to college, and there's a kid that's the smartest kid in the room answering questions with the teacher. You go to like ask him about questions, like help. You're like, hey, man, can you help me with this possible? He's like, dude, don't blaze out of my mind right now. I don't even want to talk to you. I was like, all right, there's a new dynamic to the drug world here. You can do it and be super smart and high-functioning. Uh, I don't even count marijuana as a drug anymore. No, I definitely don't. I heard someone complaining about the other. He's like, oh, this person smokes weed. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> – wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> How dare they <laughs> yeah. do that? That's, you that's best so look bad. out. The, yeah. the fact that, like, there are people in jail for, for like – A fucking me. plant. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. Like if we're gonna look back in a hundred years and be like, wait, this part you you were arresting people because they sold some marijuana, or how about just the people that like just had it on them? And the worst part is, is like when that's gonna happen is like we're we buy it ourselves now. Like I can go over there and buy. It. Like why were the people arrested? Store. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's with the herbs and spices. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that's twenty years away. It's gonna be in those like the the quick uh, racks yeah, or Walmart. Right, yeah, give me an ounce of whatever. Yeah. I'm gonna roll in, I'm gonna get myself a monster, a blunt, and some Snickers. Yeah. I'm in and out. Yeah. Hey, I'm about to make a Walmart run. Anybody need any joints or anything like that? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, give me uh, this. Uh, you want some doobies, bro? Yeah, people are gonna look back at it and be like, Wait, you have an arrest record, grandpa. 
from when you were 16 years old uh-huh. because you had a pipe on you. Like probably not even drugs. You just had drug paraphernalia mm-hmm. and got like arrested for it. That's going to be hysterical. It definitely is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something to look forward to. Another thing to look forward to uh, is Club 609, home of the best happy hour in the world with their two-for-one drink specials and $2 draft pours. Definitely check them out if you're in the Joplin area. Uh, I'll guarantee a good time at Club 609. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So, again, go visit their website at downtownlube.com. Even if you're not in the area, just look it up because it helps them. Push them right at the top of the old you know, car shop search here in the area. So, again, Downtown Lube. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you need your oil change or your tire service. So get that done and taken care of right here in the four-state area at Downtown Lube. Let's end the show strong here uh, with a couple DMs. I meant to put a couple more in there. Uh, I I will forget to check my DMs. Same time. And so appreciate the people that do send them over. Uh, and you know, I always forget to even check the like the manage request of the people that I don't follow. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do better. Uh, but a couple questions to end the show today. Uh, this one, uh, kind of a just the tip question. Me and my girlfriend of seven years have decided to not live together anymore, but stay together. Any chance this works out, I'll hang up and listen. Um, no. <laughs> I'm Short sorry. Answer, no. <laughs> and, and here's my thing on it, just to be completely real. If you've, been together, if you've been together for seven years and you were already living together, now you're moving out. I'm going to assume the reason is, is you. Is that your living habits are just... <laughs> are so bad right now that it's just, it's unmanageable for her or maybe it's vice versa. You know what I mean? Like maybe this is your decision, right? But at the same time, like if you do want this to work, it's seven years. There's a lot of understanding and growth that happens in life at that time. Happens in four, happens in one year, happens in two years, seven. Holy shit. Think of it this way. That's your master's right there. You've gone through school in an education field or whatever your field is through school of seven years of schooling. That's a master's. Your relationship has reached a master's level of an education. That's the way I kind of view life sometimes. Like every four years, like that's a year. Like that's high school, that's college. Here we are. I'm four years out of college. Boom, moving on to the next one. There's a lot of growing that happens there. Maybe you've maybe you've grown apart, you've come back together. It is what it is. You gotta have a nice, hard, deep look at yourself and just be like, what can I do to make this work? Or do you even want to? That's what you really gotta figure out. It, for me, like it's kind of a vague DM. But I was thinking, like, your age probably matters in this. Yeah. Like, if you've been together since you were 20 and now you're 27 and you guys are like, this isn't really working out, us living together, that's probably just a sign that this isn't going to work. I would say that if you're older than 26, 27 years old, this this is a breakup. Yeah. It's not going to go well. Maybe if you started dating when you were 14 and you're like 21 and you (laughs) live together for a little bit and you're like, yeah, let's have roommates. Yep. Maybe you've got a chance. Yeah, it, that's, a fair, that's a very fair point as well. But again, if you're out of high school or you're out of college and you're yeah, in the like work field. Like if, and, you're, if you're 24 and you've been together since mm-hmm. you know, whenever, that's probably even too old. That's like, this is a breakup. Yep. I think if you're older than 21, this is probably not a good sign. Or, you know what, I don't want to phrase it that way. Maybe it is a great sign, because I'll tell you what, I got divorced. It's not my idea. I thought it was going to be absolutely terrible. And you know what? Shout out to the ex-wife. She was correct. 
that's nothing against her. I'm so much happier now that I'm not married. <laughs> Even her and I sat by each other. Our, our daughters had a thing. They do the youth cheer stuff. So they walk the track for the first football game every year. I sat next to her. So like, we're, we're good. We get along mm-hmm. for the most part. I'm so much happier now. If we were married, I don't know that we would be that couple that's sitting next to each other at a football game. <laughs> be like, I'm going to go sit over here. You sit there. We'll talk to each other later. I'll, I'm going to talk to my friends. Keep but, talking. Yeah. break. <laughs> so much happier now. Yeah. So you know what? After seven years, maybe this is a good sign for you to just break free. Yeah, and it's not. It doesn't seem like it's going to be easy, and it's going to be hard. You know what I mean? So yeah, just keep powering through. Keep yeah. doing you. Focus on you. Boom. You know, there is a thing called the seven-year itch, too. It yep. is a belief that is backed by some psychology. Um that after that seven year mark, you kind of get that like that almost regret of like, man, I wish I would have lived my early twenties a little bit more wild than I did, or I wish I would have done this. I've never got to do that. So there's like that seven year itch in a relationship to where maybe you can bounce back. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to have to intentionally do it though. You're not just going to like casually like, oh yeah, everything's good. Let's get back together. <laughs> You're going to have to be intentional about like, okay, what am I doing that bothers her? What is she doing that bothers me? Let's have this conversation. Maybe you just need to find a, a new spark in a relationship. Like the song, uh, escape the pina coladas, right? It's like, <laughs> Hey, didn't know you liked dancing in the rain. Maybe. Yeah. Just uh, write to your classified ads. Yeah. Lost connection or misconnections on Craigslist. Uh, maybe you just got to meet tomorrow by noon. Got through all the red tape at a bar called O'Malley's. I always loved, and I, I almost did this. I almost incorporated this into my marriage right before it failed. The television show Modern Family, uh-huh. when Phil and his wife would do like the role play stuff <laughs> yeah. in the bar, not to get like too personal, I think that's pretty creative. <laughs> yeah, I've... <laughs> <laughs> it's like you get to meet a new person, you know, once a month. I want, you know, every six months, you know, maybe yeah. don't do it that often. I think that could spice up a relationship. I remember wanting to do that with my long-term <laughs> relationship that I had through college and stuff. Like we graduated college, you moved to the city, right? And it was just like, I, I'd like to try that. And it was just like, you know what? <laughs> I don't know how she would just be a bitch about it. And I would just like, I knew it wouldn't work out. So I was like, I'm not even going to bring this shame idea. You? Huh? Did you kink shame you? She wasn't about the role playing. No, she just she. If it wasn't her idea, it wasn't a good one. Oh yeah. And it's just like you know what? Like maybe, don't be scared to cradle a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, let's share the love here. This is a little one sided. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, your boy has played some roles. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sunday fun day. Jake has the beginning of the fucking show. It absolutely Sunday fun day. <laughs> What's the best like role a, you've played? Can I ask of, that? I'm not even going to go there on the podcast. There's the, <laughs> that bad. I cannot I've wait till this is over. Weird things before, but it'll spice up. I did not know this about you. You're you're <laughs> yeah. so you're blushing right now, my guy. I am. I'm thinking about some things <laughs> like that. And I quote: "Your boy has played some roles." <laughs> I, I did that. That happened. It's wow. I recommend it. You know, it was a, it was a fun time, good time. Had I'm not going to kink all. shame you. Do your thing, boo. Yeah, it, it worked for the most part. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of fun. I think I'm going to start doing that again. 
<laughs> you know what? Here's another like tell the truth thing too. Um, I'm a very private person. I can't believe I'm actually going to admit to this. I'm a very private person. So if I meet somebody new, I won't tell anyone about it. I, I won't do it. Uh huh. Over the summer, which it's, football's on, it's fall. Uh, this past summer, I went on a date with someone where I wore a cowboy hat and boots and (laughs) I played a role. I think I have a kink. (laughs) I I think I need to admit like the cat, like the same calendar year of last summer. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like June. Oh, I'm glad I find out first with everyone else that's listening to the show. Uh huh. Yeah. It didn't work. Uh, we vote differently. Nah. Go figure. The girl that's super into cowboys is not very liberal. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? That should have been part of your role. Like, yeah, I vote. No, uh, well, yeah. It was, but then. <laughs> anyway. Gotcha. Uh, Damn, that is hilarious. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh-huh. I definitely say uh, <laughs> you're kinky bastard. Oh, kinky mellow. Who knew? Uh, shout out, Brittany, if you're listening to this. Probably not because uh, we don't talk anymore. Anyway, uh, let's get to another one. Uh, would you rather travel overseas to watch your team lose or stay home and watch <laughs> them lose? Uh, a Nebraska DM on this one. I... I think it's really cool that like you probably got the opportunity to go to Ireland. I think the expectation was to win the game, so you're probably pretty upset about that. But I do think it's cool that you were able to go to Ireland and watch yep. the game. And like we didn't talk about it at the beginning of the show, but like the internet stopped working in the stadium, and they just let the like, beer was free. Yeah, that, I mean, so I I know your team lost, but. Had to be a pretty damn good. Dude, time. you had to have gotten hammered in the process and having the time of your life. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, is like the Nebraska specific one. Like I think you gotta feel pretty cool about it. like, yeah, they lost. They're gonna lose more games though. So but you still got that <laughs> yeah. experience of like You'll get to watch those losses at home. You've watched plenty of losses by Nebraska. Or at home. you or do you even you know watch a, a football game in another country. I, yep. I've never done that. A lot of people have never done nope. that. A lot of people haven't been to another country. You know what right. I mean? So, so like, yeah, I I think it's pretty cool. Like even you know, we're going to the Texas Alabama game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in two weeks or so. I know that Texas is going to get their ass kicked, but it's like, yeah, I'm going to get to go back to Austin and tailgate and have some of the food and stuff like that and get to watch some of these great Alabama players play. Yeah. Texas is going to get their ass kicked, <laughs> but it'll still be fun. But if Texas wins, yeah. I am. You and Matt both keep saying that to me. Like, is there, it's just a little chance. There's not. <laughs> I'm going in with there's absolutely no chance that Texas wins. I want you to keep that same mindset because if they do, I know you're going to party harder than anybody and everybody that's in that fucking city. <laughs> yeah, I might honestly just be a little upset. Like, I'm going on a bachelor party, and it's like <laughs> Mellow is now part of the bachelor party because we are all getting hammered. Yeah, but I, I do think that it's cool. Like, that you were able to go to Ireland, see your team play. Yeah, they lost. Oh, well. It's the atmosphere in the moment. So you're going to remember that for the rest of your life. You're going to be able to say it. Like, yeah, I went and watched Nebraska play Northwestern in Dublin. Now, I do. I understand. Uh, spent so, a lot of money to get there. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sucks that your team lost. But still, it's it's cool. It's yeah, cool. memories of a lifetime with your best friends. I also can't wait to hear the stories from those guys when they get back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, last one. How early is too early to start spooky season? Follow-up question. 
Uh, best fall activities that are not football? Uh, definitely going to a pumpkin patch. We'll answer the first question. Uh, how early is too early? Just wait till after September 15th. At least get halfway through so? the month prior. Yeah. I'm going to say after Labor Day. So it'd be the first weekend then. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. when you would start? After Labor My thing with the calendar is that I don't follow the traditional calendar. <laughs> Sunday is the last day of the week. I'll say that. Yeah. Fall starts September 1. I don't care what oh, the sun nope. is doing. We've what the talked moon about is doing. this. Yep. Summer is Memorial Day to Labor Day. You mm-hmm. are absolutely correct. So if you want to start spooky season, you want to start putting the leaves up, do it this weekend. I don't I am not going to stop you. I I think that you can definitely do it. On mm-hmm. September first, if I drive by your house and you've got some skeletons hanging in your tree, I'm not gonna think anything of it. <laughs> I'm gonna get excited because it's almost spooky season. One hundred percent. And now, yeah, like, does fall start off a little hot with our calendar of Memorial Day to Labor Day being summer, and then after Labor Day, it's fall? Yeah, it's still going to be hot for the next month and a half. But yeah, that's but it's, fine. It's fine. Maybe don't get the hoodies out just yet. Oh uh, well. Speaking of that, I did this morning because it was raining, and I had to go get my car because we went out last uh-huh. night. Found myself a ride to my car, and I was just like, oh, I got to put on a hoodie. It's a little chilly out. <laughs> it's. It started my nice day off wonderfully. <laughs> it's it's dipping down into like the sixties. Even Matt and I were talking about the tailgate, uh, tailgating in Austin. Mm-hmm. The low is, is still going to be like the low seventies. I, I think it's going to be okay there for the morning. That's going to be nice. It's going to be hot as shit in the stadium. Have you figured out what you're wearing yet? I have. You doing the baseball jersey? Yep. Okay. Cool. Baseball jersey breaking out the cowboy hat. Ooh, cowboy hat's back out. There he is. I'm not going to see you in a cowboy hat and not just immediately think of this story now. Like this kinky bastard. Yeah. It's a, here's the problem is that when we went to Peacemaker last year, yeah, uh, like that was the group that was like, let's take pictures. I feel weird being the guy that's like, hey, we take my picture. I know we've talked about that uh-huh. before. It's just, it's kind of weird as a guy to be like, yeah. hey, we take my picture. But at the same time, it's like, I want pictures. Like, you know what I mean? I want memories yeah. and but stuff like, like that. It, especially or like just pictures of myself. Yes. Um, so I, I had a few pictures of me like in the cowboy stuff. So that's what's on my Tinder profile. Mm, gotcha. And this specific person's Tinder profile was like, Guns and farming. Ooh. <laughs> we live in a pretty conservative area. I'm not that guy. But you I are for that role, right. my guy. <laughs> I was. You better one. figure it the fuck out. <laughs> uh, yeah, spooky season. No, I'm. I'm all about it. I'm excited about it. And if you, I, I think like the middle of August to the end of August is like it's still back to school stuff. Yeah. But then after that, if you, September first hits and you start putting up your skeletons or whatever i say go for it absolutely and the best fall activities man going to a pumpkin patch i still love doing that stuff you like that still i fucking do you send me you put me in a pumpkin patch and you tell me to find the coolest pumpkin here and then we're gonna go carve it together (laughs) bingo (laughs) absolutely and i this is something i'm gonna i'm just gonna be upfront honest with you guys i've been hating on spooky season for a while I've also come to realize I feel like a lot of that was just because of that last relationship. It was like, you know, spooky season her. She scared me. Wasn't good. Da, 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 da. You know what? I'm over that. It is what it is. I might try and lean back into it a little bit and just accept the <laughs> fact of I'm okay being scared. Now, I'm not going to go in and watch all these stupid, scary movies because at the same time, I'm still scared of demons. <laughs> but it's like I might, lean, I might lean a little bit more into the spooky season itself. That's no more middle finger to Halloween. More just like let's embrace and have some fun. Mm-hmm. I hope there are some good scary movies this year. 
Um, you got the, you're asking the wrong guy. Those commercials come up. Season four is pretty scary. <laughs> it was it was kind of creepy. Creeped me out a lot. I was not expecting that arm to bend that way and their eyes to pop out like mm-hmm. right in front of the screen. I, like, I would Whoa. love to watch a new good like demonic possession movie because that does scare me a little bit. The last uh, the last time I saw one was with you and. Uh, your niece Haley in Pittsburgh, what and we you were a jumpy was son it one of a those bitch. Conjuring movies, yeah, with the priest woman or the mm-hmm. nun lady or whatnot. Yep, I don't like that stuff. It doesn't scare me. I'm not gonna like take it home and be like, oh my god, I can't sleep because of yeah. this. But I do jump and I curse. So, and the thing is, like with loud. those movies, and I I don't know how to explain it. The movie that has fucked me up the most is freaking uh, what is it? Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. Those are the movies that have messed me up the most. I've only seen the first one. And it's because it's like set up in a real life situation of like they're just at home and their house is haunted. Mm-hmm. And it's messing with the kid and it's messing with stuff in the kitchen. And it's like I grew up with like our house was a little haunted. I remember waking – I think I've told this story here. I used to wake up like on the weekends or just through the week or whatnot and like think my mom was in the kitchen doing dishes. So I would get up and hear her doing dishes all the way up until I walked around the corner and there was nothing there in the dishes. Ooh, there was nothing in the sink. One of my favorite fall activities is I start listening to scary podcasts. Not, I don't even do that. I can't do it throughout the whole year because I, I just said, like, oh, this doesn't keep me awake. It's the, the real stories that get me. Like a movie won't get me. But like hearing somebody's like firsthand experience will get me. Yes. Like, so I can't do it the whole year. But there's something about, like, I'm probably going to leave here tonight and be like, all right, time to look up some scary podcast <laughs> and start listening to them. Because I do. I love that stuff. If it's a cold night and you can listen to a scary podcast, or uh, I've been asked three times this weekend when I'm going to start doing uh, bonfires. Let's go. And say, like, yeah. Soon. And one thing I'm actually excited about is we've built, like, a new, like, core group of friends to do stuff with, like, yeah. in Joplin. It's like... If that group of people, like the group that we already have, all comes together, it is going to be a fantastic fall. I, I think I'm going to have to break out the the bonfires plus scary stories. And now knowing your fucking kink, it's like <laughs> if I know that cowboy hat's out. Look out, hey, Jack. Dog, I'm. Let's ride. Call me AK, sis king dog. I'm helping your ass out. <laughs> I'm start writing it out and dropping more. You're just going to have to fill me in on what happens. I have a, a I have a third alias now. You know, I've I've got me, there's real me, I've got mellow. <laughs> I need like a, a cowboy name. Clint. <laughs> of course. Of course it's fucking Clint. <laughs> I was gonna say rip. Clint works. Oh, there's probably there's some probably rooted Yellowstone things Clint. going on there. Oh, without a doubt. Because I do think that Beth Dutton she could ruin my world. <laughs> I'd let her. Like, welcomely. Like, welcomely yeah. come ruin my life. Firecracker redhead, that's yeah. a weakness for me. Yeah. So sue me. <laughs> what a weird show. Uh, fall activities, though. I do love listening to a scary podcast. Uh, I like carving pumpkins. That's Usually a one a year. It's, yeah. It's a little bit grosser and harder than you remember every year. I feel exactly. Like. It's like, I'll get to that first one and be like, yeah, let's do it. And then I'm like, my hand starts to cramp and I'm like, why am I still doing this? <laughs> you got all that like pumpkin juice and the seeds and it's like, it gets underneath yep. your fingernails and it's, you can't mm-hmm. get it. Like it's your yep. hands get sticky and it's like, God, yep. bless I end it. up doing it with my daughters. And by the time I'm finished, it's like, I've carved three pumpkins now. Yeah. Yep. This was not as fun, <laughs> but you know what? This is not very fun. 
I'll still do it this year. Corn mazes and stuff like that. It's okay. I need to, you know, this is my fault though. I need to stop going to the same one every damn year and just mix it up and go to oh, a different yeah. one. Cause like I go to the same one every year because I'm like, Oh, this one's good. And then I get there and I'm bored because here in the Joplin area, it's in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I've actually never been to the one over there. So I've it's no pretty idea. good, but I, I've done it like seriously five years in a row or so. Oh yeah. You gotta mix it up. So, yeah, yeah. That's on me. <laughs> that, that's on me though. Uh, it also, um, have you seen this trend, this corn thing on TikTok? Oh, it's corn. Oh, my God. It's, it's got the juice. <laughs> I feel like I don't. I feel like TikTok is up to something. I feel like on Saturday, that's just all anybody's TikTok. Oh, was. my God. It absolutely was. Like, and, like, I've seen people do it now, like, with their relationships or whatnot. And there's one girl that did it with her boyfriend. And she, like, the only thing she said was just, like, just come stand in front of the camera. And she did it. And she was like, it has the juice. She, like, slapped him on the ass. And you see me, she's like, what the fuck? Like, it was hilarious. It's such a catchy it, song. And the, I saw another clip, too, where the kid, like, goes to Chipotle, and he's getting a Chipotle bowl, and he's going through, and, like, what meat, what beans, like, no, 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 and then it's like, uh, how about the corn? And, then, like, the camera comes up, and it's him right in front of the glass, and he's like, it's corn! Like, if somebody's not reaching out to him, to that kid, for a sponsorship, they're missing out. Or even the like, guy that wrote like, the song for it. Yeah. Or like Applebee's or, you know, somewhere like that. <laughs> yeah. Did I, yeah, we got corn on the cob this year. And then have that kid do something. That would just, it would hit. And people yeah. would be like, yeah, that's awesome. Applebee's is cool again after that stupid fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> they jammed down our throats all last year. No joke. So they need something to recover. I, I, I do think that TikTok was up to something because I had like seen it a couple times earlier in the week. And then Saturday, it was just everywhere. Yeah. And then I went out, like people were talking about it. <laughs> I, I know TikTok has been this thing that's kind of taken over, but like people were talking, everyone was talking about this trend, this corn song. Mm -hmm. Not the band corn, which by the way is very good, but <laughs> this kid with the They corn. also have the juice. They've got the juice. So we, that's it for us today. We appreciate you guys joining us as always on this little uh, Sunday night, maybe a little Monday morning action for you. Uh, that's it for us today, though. We'll be back at it again Thursday night, uh, maybe previewing some football. We haven't talked about NFL previews yet. Maybe we do that. Maybe we do some more college football with a big, exciting weekend. But that's it for us today. We'll talk to you guys again real soon.